We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i am one of your hosts dusty evely with me as always my friend the always wonderful sarah kelleher sarah how are you I'm good. I am excited to be here another week. You know, we only got a couple weeks left before uh, the two of us take a nice little break for the draft mm-hmm. season like we do every year. So looking forward to hearing the experts uh, come in and educate me because I, I don't know enough about the draft, but I'm good. Things are going well. Excited to chat some news. We can finally do our topic this week. Wasn't a crazy <laughs> news day for us on Tuesday evening as we're recording this. So I'm feeling great. Yeah, yeah, we, we had been slammed with news, and we talked about that last week. We had Aaron Rodgers is coming back, and then Aaron Rodgers signing the deal. So we had both those hit on Tuesday, so we had a topic uh, that we pushed off because of that. And so we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, as Sarah said, we are excited. We've got, uh, like you said, I think two more weeks. And then, yeah, we're going to knock off for the draft because I follow it a little, but not nearly as much as some other lunatics out there. And so we're letting other people take over and you get to hear as Sarah said from the experts. So I'm, I'm, I know I'm excited. That's one of my favorite months uh, all year. To listen to Pack a Day, uh, he doesn't have of, to talk to us. Yeah, I do, I don't have to talk, and then also I get to listen and learn a ton of stuff. Like the draft is always something I'm interested to learn about. I'm interested to dig into. I just don't take the time to do it. So I'm looking forward to uh, to next month and taking a little break and doing. I don't know. God knows what. Uh, all right. So before we get to our topic, um, we are going to, we got a couple of news and notes. So today the Packers signed uh, Jaron Reed, a 29 year old defensive tackle, spent the first five years in Seattle last year with Kansas city. Uh, Sarah, what were your just initial thoughts? We, I don't think we have any numbers on the deal so far. I assume it's a one or two year, probably a short low money deal, but um, what was your initial reaction to signing Jaron Reed? My initial reaction is if Kenny Clark is happy, then I'm happy too. Um, and he seems like a very happy man. He was thanking Goot on Twitter on Tuesday. So if he's happy and he's getting the help that he d- needs and honestly deserves, then I'm going to sleep good tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's about where I am. Um, from, what I saw, uh, from what I've watched of him, I haven't got a chance to watch a ton. Kind of a body up front. Like he's an improvement over guys like Tyler Lancaster, kind of more of a, a run stuffer than pass rusher. 
from what I've seen anyway. But uh, yeah, another body to eat up blocks, let Kenny Clark eat, collapse the edges a little bit. So I'm all in favor of it. We talked about this before. Goot's always kind of looking at not necessarily bottom of the roster because I don't think this is where this is, but he's always looking at places to improve. And this was a, a place of need. Um, and I think he improved on it. So I, I'm excited about this uh, signing. Um, a couple of things happened uh, since the last time we talked. So just want to do quick reactions on that. Sarah, we'll do rapid fire here. Uh, Packers resigned Rasul Douglas. I don't know the total breakdown, but uh, you know it's up to three years, twenty-one million. We hoped this was going to come, and it was a good pay bump for Douglas. I assume you are happy about this, Sarah. Absolutely, I am elated and excited for more Rasul Douglas on the Packers. <laughs> Uh, the next one is re-signed Robert Tunyon, one year, $3.3 million with, uh, I think, about two point three of that guaranteed. So the rest coming in, uh, you know, potential escalators or whatever. So this this was a move I know I was kind of looking for. I assume a lot of people were looking for after that uh, torn ACL, kind of a one-year deal, get him back on track, hopefully get a big deal next year. So, Sarah, anything surprising to you about this or uh, just, just any thoughts on this signing at all? No, not I'm not super surprised, but I am glad because it was really unfortunate to see him, you know, go down with that ACL last year. And I think he's he can be a big contributor on offense. Um, you know, if if Lafleur is really getting creative and tricky, um, so I'm I'm glad that he'll be back. And I know Aaron Rodgers is probably glad he'll be back too. Yeah, in the tight end room, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Tight end room, a little bit in flux. So uh, I don't know if he's going to start the year or anything, but I know having him back is going to be really, really nice in that room. I'm I'm excited. Um, again, maybe not the best circumstances. I'm sure he was looking for a nice big payday, but hopefully he'll have a big year this year and get that next year. Uh, a couple other moves before we get to one one big one, and then it's something, a couple things that happened today, or I guess one thing that happened today, uh, was that Darius Smith signed a deal with the Vikings. Again, we don't have all the details on this. Initial numbers are three years, $42 million. Now, he initially agreed on a four-year, $35 million deal with the Ravens, and he backed out of that. Um, and so he went four years, 35 backed out, got three years, 42 which is nice. I assume you got some some nice bumps, some nice escalators in there. But he signed with the Vikings, so that rejoins him with Mike Pettin, uh, Mike Smith, and also gives him the opportunity to sack Cousins in practice potentially. I know there's the red jersey and all that, but he's got so much familiarity with hitting Kirk Cousins. I got to assume that played into it a little bit. Uh, so that um, that kind of stinks. He signed that deal today. Had the picture with Pettin and Smith. Had something to the effect of. It's really nice to be good. Hashtag uh, a Vikings word. I'm not going to utter on this podcast here. Uh, I I don't I don't care where a man goes necessarily. I just I'm not a huge fan of him going there just because I think he still has some juice in the tank. Uh, I don't know what the Vikings are doing. Honestly, uh, they look like they're half rebuild, like one half in the rebuild, one half not rebuilding apparently. But Sarah, you are just shaking your head in disgust over there. What are your what what happened today when you saw the deal and you saw the picture of him with the Viking stuff behind him? All of that. What what are, what are you what are you going through mentally right now? Sorry. I just hate the Vikings so much. <laughs> like any other team, even listen. If somebody goes to the Bears, it's always a joke, and everybody kind of beefs online about it. But the Bears and the Packers is more of a fun rivalry. Mm-hmm. Like we hate each other. It's fun. We make fun of each other. That's what you do in a sports rivalry. But the Vikings, I just have a deep dislike for them. I don't know what it is. And I always have more than the other teams in the division just dislike the Vikings the most. So this sucks because I love Zedarius Smith. I absolutely enjoyed every second that he was a mm-hmm. Packer. I think he's a 
great guy, obviously a great leader. And now, like you said, I don't think his career is over. He's definitely got some some time mm-hmm. left and some big plays left in him. And I, I don't want to see him twice a year in a purple uniform. It's just, it's sad. I mean, I'm happy for him that he got the deal that he wants. But I just hate the Vikings so much. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, more or less where I said, uh, you know, it's it's a um, I, I'm curious to see what he does, because I mean, as we saw in the playoffs, you know, even, you know, he had limited snaps like he's still got something in him. He can still be just an absolute disruptive force. And so like you said, I don't want to see him twice a year. I also wonder how much that back injury is going to hamper him. You know, I, I know people have said, well, you know, the back injury kind of played up when he didn't get captain. I don't think that's true. I think that was, I mean, that's a legit back injury. I think he had and a guy, his age, his size, you don't bounce back from that. It's something that stays with you. I think it's, it's Mark Eckel has said before, um, you don't, it's, you don't, the guys that age don't have had a back injury. You have a back injury. Like that's just something you deal with for the rest of your life. Certainly the rest of your career. So curious to see how that goes. I'm not the, Biggest fan of it. I, and again, from a Vikings perspective, I don't really understand what they're doing over there, which is fine. I don't know. Keep one foot rebuilding and one foot not. That's just going to take longer. That's fine by me, man. Just keep keep doing that thing. You're doing great over there, guys. You're real good. Um, the other move, a little, little more under the radar. I think this happened a few days ago. I just saw it today was EQ signing with the Bears. Low deal, one year, 965K. So he stays in the same division with his brother. Uh, I'm on Ra over there with Detroit. So uh, I'm I'm going to miss him just because I've always had high hopes for him. I like the different ways they could use him. I like him with the ball in his hands, but not really a surprise. It looks like a, a but this also signals a, what we assume a very big overhaul of the wide receiver room. So Sarah, do you have any thoughts on uh, EQ going to the bears? Yeah, this slipped under my radar too. And um, I, I think more than anything, you know, he wasn't a major contributor. There was always a lot of potential and it seemed like he never quite got there, whether it was injuries or just dropped passes. Um, But he at least was a guy that understood the playbook. It seemed like Aaron Rodgers liked him and that he meshed well with the other guys on offense. So already, like you said, a lot of changes in the wide receiver room. Now this is yet another change, even though it's small. So more than anything, now I just really hope the Packers keep MVS because they got to keep yeah. some core group of them together still. Yeah, it's kind of wildly different if, if they don't bring MVS back. My, my thing on EQ has been um, he didn't have the body type for it, but you could really tell that he worked on his blocking. Blocking is something obviously the floor is really prized in wide receivers. He improved every single year and he looked, I mean, he was never going to be Alan Lazard. But he had some really, really nice plays. He put some really good stuff on tape in the blocking part of the game this year on a level that he had not done so far this year. So, again, like a quiet guy, hard worker, um, just never really found his role. You know, I hope he does something at this point in his career. I don't think he's going to suddenly have a breakout. Um, but but I've always liked him. Nice players. Again, seems like a good dude and a guy who clearly works hard to get better at the things that that uh, that he needs to work on. So, uh, you know, I don't like that it's in division. But again, I don't feel the same way about someone going to the Bears as I do with the Vikings. So, I don't know. I hope he hope he does fine uh, during whatever they end up doing over there. The big one, Sarah. This happened since last time we recorded, and there was a press conference today. So we're going to hit on a couple different things. The Packers trade Devontae Adams. Now, we're not going to get into this a ton just because this is something that's been covered. We're not the first podcast here to cover it. We want to touch it. We want to give, we want to give our thoughts on it. So uh, Packers got a first and a second round pick in this year's draft uh, for Devontae Adams, which is pretty nice given the situation. He was on the tag. He made it clear he was not going to 
play on the tag and assume to make clear he was not going to sign a long-term deal at a certain point. So getting a first and second back in that situation, kind of nice. Uh, Raiders then turned around, gave him a five-year, $140 million deal, making him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. I think highest paid non-quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, in the NFL uh, for a 30-year receiver, who obviously is still very good and will be good for a while. So all that being said, Sarah, um, when you saw this initially, uh, I know my initial reaction was, I would need to make sure this is not a fake account. <laughs> this is not like fake rap sheet account. Um, that was my initial reaction. But uh, take me through kind of your uh, what you went through when you saw that. I uh, kind of what you how you process that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Do I have to? Do I have to relive uh, this experience? If you just want to cry for like 30 seconds, that's fine. And then I can talk. I've already cried enough. Um, <laughs> no. So my boyfriend and I went out to eat. He was in town and um, there's this really good uh, Vietnamese place down the street from me. And he hadn't had the opportunity to try it yet. So they have a nice deal on Thursday. And I said, oh, we should go there when I get off work. He said, great. So we go there. We have a great dinner. We're catching up and talking. And um, the waiter brings out the bill and at the end I kind of just check my phone and I see that Devonte Adams was traded and so my boyfriend as many listeners know just from listening over time is also a Packers fan and I just said they did it he looks and he goes they did what and who did what, <laughs> who did what? <laughs> and I'm like they traded Devonte Adams. He's like, no, they didn't. And the the waiter just kind of walks away as we're we're processing this. So we're just both on our phones, looking same thing that you said. 
is this a real account? Is it a fake Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport account? No, it's real. And my initial reaction, I was just heartbroken. And I get why they did it. And I know why they did it. And I've accepted it now. But I'm still heartbroken because Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams, top two, not two. And not only is he just amazing on the field, but he was such a delight off the field. I mean, he's won the media award because he gives mm-hmm. such insightful answers. I I just feel lucky that I was able to watch his era in Green Bay so that years from now when I'm a parent and I have kids and I take them to Lambeau Field and his name is, is up there, people will go and they'll ask, who is that? And I'll be able to say, I got to see him in his prime on the Packers and it was beautiful. So it sucks. I mean, all around, but I get it and I get why. Um, this is obviously it. He's realizing a childhood dream. And I'm happy for him, but man, it hurts. It hurts bad. Yeah, I, I um, can't remember where I was, but my phone went off. I'm in a, a group chat with, with two of my brothers and a good friend of mine that we go to Packers games with. And my youngest brother just texted me, he said, Holy. And I was like, oh, man, like, what is this? So immediately I opened up Twitter and checked, and I was like, oh, it's everywhere. And, again, I checked to make sure, okay, this is not fake rap sheet. It's everywhere. You know, Schefter had it, Pelissero. Like, everyone had it, made sure it was all the correct names. Like, oh, my gosh, like, they they actually did it. And I, I part of me um, – Part of me knew this was a possibility just with the either, you know, play under the tag and then leave or potential trade just because he seemed like he was unhappy after they didn't get a deal done last year. He didn't want to play under the tag and they were up against the cap. And so they, it, and then I started thinking, well, Rogers took a while to, uh, to agree to come back. Like, I wonder if something's in the works here. So that was, I, it was kind of on my mind anyway. Um, but still, when you see that, it's like, oh my gosh. And, and, you know, I, I question the wisdom of, of paying big money to a 30 year old wide receiver, even if I think his, his game will age gracefully, um, just, just with how he's able to win and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, like you said, like he's, He's a guy you look back on and you're like, oh my god! Like I got to watch him. Like I'm, I'm excited to see him in the Raider with the Raiders. And immediately afterwards, I started thinking about like, what's the offense going to look like and all that. But um, I'm excited to see him with the Raiders. I'm excited to still see him playing with a team that I don't dislike. Um, growing up, the Raiders were my second favorite team, so I'm kind of hyped to see him over there. But yeah, it's kind of a, oh my gosh! Like this, this changes everything. Like it's just, it's just even the receiver room. Like we said, like with the EQ gone, even if they brought everyone back that offense goes because Devontae Adams is there. It's Devontae Adams and role players. Now you just have role players. So like it needs an overhaul. So you start going down that road, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough seeing him leave. I mean, uh, just an all, uh, an all time great Packer, all time, great receiver. Um, I'm, I'm going to miss watching him. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does in, with the Raiders, but man, this, this changes a lot of stuff. Uh, so again, we want to get reactions, but the other thing he had the press press conference today, uh, his opening press conference with the Raiders, uh, man, walked in in all black. He held the jersey later. He's going to look dynamite in that silver and black. Just tremendous silver and black. Uh, so, Sarah, do you have any uh, major takeaways from his press conference, his introductory press conference uh, with the Raiders today? Yeah, I mean, I think Devontae Adams is exactly who you think he is. He mentioned how grateful he was for the Packers and that, you know, he's nothing will ever take away what the organization gave him and just his time with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that wasn't the exact quote. I paraphrased that. Um, and he just seemed excited and it seemed like he just saw this opportunity and he had earned it to, you know, play pretty much wherever he wants. Um, 
he mentioned he, he trained with Derek Carr, you know, every off season besides the ones during the pandemic. Um, the last couple of years, once the team moved to Vegas, because, you know, originally he's a California guy, he talked about how his family's out West and that, you know, he didn't really know that this was something that he could do and that he wanted to do until after the season where he really had a chance to kind of burst the bubble of the NFL season and think about, wow, like this opportunity is here for me and I could take advantage of it. My childhood team is the Raiders and now I can do this. So, you know, I, I think the organization and he and the organization maybe didn't, and it wasn't the happiest ending, but I don't think that there's any really super bad blood there. I think this is just an opportunity that he saw and he couldn't turn it down once he knew it was on the table. Yeah, I know he talked a lot about Carr, and, and they have that relationship going back to the college days. I know he said, I think they said they they talk throughout the season multiple times a week, um, just not about football, just about life and all that stuff anyway. And that was there was always rumors that he was possibly going to team up with Carr, you know, his college quarterback and all of that stuff. And so him talking about Carr like that wasn't, you know, was not overly surprising at all. Um, I, I do like kind of hearing him talk about that and the relationship that he kept with Carr and how, how much it means to him to be out there. But, I mean, you touched on a little bit, Sarah. I, mean, I think that re- the thing that really got me is just – him talking about his family. He talked about, you know, they got another baby on the way. He said a lot of his family's never seen him play. He said his grandma, um, I guess, is doing okay now, but was a little rough there for a while. She's never seen him play, and his dad drives everywhere, and his dad's not really going to drive out to Green Bay too much because that's kind of a tough drive because they're all out in California. So he was like, do I want to play my entire career with a lot of my family never having seen me play? Like, that that was kind of a big thing. I mean, obviously the money is nice, and uh, and if Green Bay wasn't going to give him what he wanted um, – and, and whether the relationship had soured or he really just want to play with Carr, like you listen to him talk about Carr, about the respect he had for the organization. He talked about, you know, growing up with with a Woodson and Tim Brown jersey and wearing the numbers off of those and Rich Gannon, falling in love with Rich Gannon, like all of these early Raiders memories from growing up out there. Like this was a situation with the quarterback that was a close friend of his, with his family out in that area and with an organization that he grew up a childhood fan of, like you can see why he went out there. So it's one of those, like it's, it's, I wish he was still with the Packers. That'd be nice. But if he was going to go ever anywhere I'm, after, especially after listening to that press conference, I'm glad he went to the Raiders um, just because you, you could tell just how much love he has for that area, for that organization and for Derek Carr specifically. So Good for him. Again, we're going to miss him in Green Bay. It'll be very interesting how the Packers fill out that wide receiver room now. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how they overhaul that and excited to see what card is. They've got weapons out there, man. They've got, you know, Darren Waller. Uh, Renfro is just an absolute demon out of the slot. Like, they've got some really nice weapons out there. So I'm excited to see what they do with them. All right, Sarah, we've got a topic that we picked because we're prepared and we're professionals. And we've been sitting on this for a couple of weeks. So this was a question. I don't know if you have this pulled up in front of you, Sarah. Do you remember who asked us this question? Yes. So this question was sent to us on March 1st. So here you go. <laughs> when you're listening to this 22 days later, we have, we're finally able to do it. Um, and it is from Brian Catchwire. I hope I said uh, your name correctly. And I, I, I do have to laugh because after the episode, um, was released, he messaged me back and said, you know, appreciate the shout out. Looking forward to next week's episode, assuming no franchise tagging or QB announcements occur yeah, next sorry, Tuesday. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> so, Brian, you know, as the, the folks say, better late than never. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the great question. So he had mentioned um, you are put in charge of starting a new NFL team. What do you decide on the following for your building blocks? City and division? coach 
offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, one offensive player, and one defensive player. And he said for the personnel options, they can be any person still currently working in the league and in either division. And for us, we just picked city and division that obviously exists in the NFL now Mm -hmm. um, to make things simple. And apparently this is on the the athletic football podcast. They, they talked about this. So he thought it'd be fun to hear our answers. So I guess shout out to that podcast for starting this, then shout out to Brian for catching it and <laughs> passing it to us. So excited to dive into this. So Dusty, let's start with you. What we'll just go back and forth. Um, sure. Where is your new football team going to be located and what division will they be in? Uh, so the Washington franchise is just a just a garbage franchise, just inside and out. Like they change their name, but that that's an organization that's rotten to the core. So I'm I'm kicking Dan Snyder out, and furthermore, putting myself in the NFC East. Where yeah, there's some talent there, but listen, man, it's the Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants. So if we're looking at like a relatively you know relatively easy path to the playoffs to to being in division contention relatively quickly, um, that that's a pretty good path. So I'm kicking out the commanders uh, and, and just, just releasing, releasing them of Dan Snyder and and we're, and we're throwing our team there. So that's where I'm going, going to Washington. Uh, Sarah, where are you at? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all struggled with mental health in different ways, especially during a pandemic. And I'm certainly no different. Keeping myself centered mentally is such a huge part of my overall health goals. And that's where BetterHelp has helped me. BetterHelp has the ability to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, plus you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, and it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. Plus, financial aid is available if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And of course, we have a special offer for Packaday listeners, as you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash packaday. The new year is a great time to focus on what's important to you. Whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness, HelloFresh is here to help you with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. Personally, I'm really trying to work on my weight this year, and when I found out that HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to my door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week, I was all in. Skip the trips to the grocery store, saving you long wait times and ensuring you don't waste your money on excess food, and sign up for HelloFresh instead. HelloFresh has helped me eat fresher food with better portion control and has helped me live a healthier lifestyle. I highly recommend the teriyaki chicken tenders, by the way. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Packaday16 and use code Packaday16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Packaday16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Remember to use code Packaday16. That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. So I'm going to go, and this is just a completely selfish answer, and that's Tampa Bay because that's the closest to me. 
um, which is in the NFC South, which also influenced my answer because you have the Falcons, Saints, and Panthers, and both of those teams are pretty, or both those teams, all three of those teams are pretty all over the place at times. Mm -hmm. None of them are really true Super Bowl contenders or anything like that. So I I think you also have a good chance of doing pretty well in that division as well. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so we'll hit next then. Well, you go next, Sarah. Who's your uh, Who's your head coach? Who you got? Yeah, I'm going to be a homer on this one, and I picked Matt Lafleur just because I love that guy and his eyebrows. I mean, how can you not? Um, so I'm going to go with him. I I want a high paced offense. I want somebody who is a good leader for the team. Um, and I think Matt Lafleur is all these things. So sorry to take him away from Green Bay, but he's coming to Tampa. He's taking his talents to Tampa Bay to be on Team Sarah. <laughs> so I, I, I opted for for my part. I opted to not take anyone from the Packers because I felt like then I would just go green and gold the entire way down. I didn't want to play that game. So uh, I went with uh, with Kyle Shanahan. I really like Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, Lafleur comes from that tree. Um, I, I have some questions about some of his his personnel the the way he kind of chooses personnel and some of the way he kind of deals with some of his guys uh you know i think like Ayuk being in the doghouse for reasons that no one could really quite distinguish maybe there was something there but he seems like he's got a habit of doing that but more the more often than not like he's he's i don't know if he's a great head coach um i think he's a he's a perfectly fine head coach that he makes up for with his offensive mind like just an elite offensive mind i think what he does what he brings to the running game uh, is is amazing, and then how he marries that to the passing game, just very inventive. Seems like kind of just on the on the cusp of the cutting edge there. Like always, he's always looking to get better. He's always looking in those margins. So I'm gonna go. I'm going Kyle Shanahan for my head coach, and then I'll just go since it's. I'll just I'll just go with a pairing here. My offensive coordinator there kind of marries with that as well. I'm taking in, uh, Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs just because I think the what what Shanahan does, how he's able to vary up that run game and marry that to the pass. I think you bring a guy in that's just such a creative offensive mind looking for that wide open stuff. So many college concepts that the enemy does that, you know, that, that Reed tree does uh, over there, I think would be a tremendous marriage. So I think those two guys together, smashing those offensive minds together uh, would just be, just be absolutely tremendous. Uh, Sarah, who'd you have at offense coordinator? I had Ken Dorsey, who's the Bills offensive coordinator. And again, I just want electricity on offense. I want everybody to be flying, things going crazy. Obviously, he's been a big part of improving Josh Allen's game and just lighting that Bills offense on fire. So I think combining his skills and Matt LaFleur's skills together could mean good things on offense. Um. On the flip side, we'll go to defensive coordinator. Um, So this one was... This one was interesting because I I think unless you're the top of the tippy top um, and best um, at what you do on the defensive side of things, there are a lot of people that are quick to judge that this coach is bad or this, you know, they're not very good. Um, But I went with Dan Quinn um, on the Cowboys. I'm intrigued by what's happening there and just also his career in general. I also think he's he's definitely a football guy through and through. And on defense, I'm a big fan of when people are just football guys and big and strong and scary, and they're just going to pump everybody up. That's what I want in my, in my defense, in my organization, on Team Sarah. So I'm going to go with Dan Quinn. Not the direction I would go, um, but I I like the thought process. I like I like just scary football man. That's that's a solid uh, solid type to have on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm going to go potentially the other side. I'm going to go Evero. 
who was in the mix. He uh, uh, interviewed for the defense coordinator position when Joe Barry got it. Uh, he's now over with uh, D- defense coordinator, just got hired uh, with the Broncos. He's a close friend, Nathaniel Hackett. I think he was in Hackett's wedding or vice versa or something like that. Uh, but I, he's a guy that I really, really like. He worked with uh, Brandon Staley out in uh, the, this one year with the Rams. I think he was passing game coordinator before that. So he's kind of he kind of worked on both sides of the ball. But he was uh, out with the Rams. He was a secondary, I think, safeties coach specifically. And that that system, which is kind of in vogue now, you know, the too high system that that everyone kind of started copying, you know, not not doing it kind of the exact same way or, or even as or clearly as well as Staley is. But it's a, it's that system that's kind of coming in vogue. that A lot of people are starting to do like that. Safeties are such a big part of that. And you watch that Rams team, that safety, the secondary with the safety specific specifically played so well. You could watch them. I can't always watch a a team and go, well, that team's well coached, but you watch those safeties. Like they were well coached. That secondary is well coached. Those guys, the way they passed off assignments, all of that. So he seemed like an up and comer. I think he just turned 40 Kind of an up and comer that could be very, very good. That came from a system that I've, I've just in love with over the past few years. So, and he was kind of my pick for green Bay. I kind of want him with green Bay. So I'm writing that wrong. Uh, and I'm bringing him, uh, bringing him with me to Washington. Um, so Sarah, we're on to players now. We get to pick one offensive, one defensive. Uh, who's your offensive player? We overlap here, so just give us give us who you got, Sarah. Who's your offensive player? Yeah, I mean, this is obvious. I want to build the team around this guy, and it's going to be Pat Mahomes. He's mm-hmm. one of, if not the best, quarterbacks in the NFL. He's super young and has an incredibly bright future ahead. So I'm if I'm you know thinking long term and saying who, who's going to give me the best shot for the longest time, it's Patrick Mahomes, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, like you said, that was easy. I, I thought about maybe outsmarting myself and going with someone like Justin Herbert, who is still, you know, young and could ascend, but Mahomes is what mid twenties now, uh, still very young, best football years ahead of him, presumably. Uh, and you're building a team. You want one of the best players right now at the most important position. So Mahomes was a slam dunk there and defensive player. I'm so I went with miles Garrett. Um, my, my knee jerk was Aaron Donald. Cause that's always my knee jerk. Aaron Donald is 30. Now, that's nothing against Aaron Donald. Um, he's not showing any signs of slowing down. They just won the Super Bowl. But there is stuff all after the Super Bowl about, like, well, is Aaron Donald going to retire? Like, Aaron Donald is the most dominant defensive player in the game right now. Maybe, you know, he's up there with, like, I don't know, top five dominant defensive players all time. Like, he's just an unblockable force. Run game, pass game, doesn't matter. Like, he's just in the elite of the elite. But the retirement talk kind of scared me a little bit. So I'm going to go Miles Garrett, who's 26, uh, entering his prime, and just an absolute terror uh so i think if we if we have mahomes on the one side and garrett on the other side we're set up pretty well who'd you go with defensively sarah i went with tj watt and again if i'm picking dan quinn as my defensive coordinator i just want football guy football guy tj watt obviously amazing defensive player of the year this past year so that was just my thought process i want to be electric high energy on offense and then i just want to destroy people on defense so that's what you just wrote football man for both positions and just pulled that out (laughs) i like it all right well that was fun yeah i think uh Honestly, Sarah, I think my team beats your team, but um, it's it's fine. You know, I think it's I well, think it's a good match. That's your opinion, anyway. so um, it is. It is. <laughs> All righty. Well, that will do it for news and notes and topics today. Um, as usual, we'll wrap up the episode with a few listener questions. So, thank you everybody for sending in um, some awesome questions yet another week. Um, our first is from Wisconsin guy in Minnesota. 
Um, and he wants to know, as the roster stands today, what is the biggest hole after wide receivers? So, Jesse, what are your thoughts on this? To the surprise of no one, I'm sticking on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I'm going to go tight end. Uh, I think there's just a lot of question marks there. It's it, we, you know, we, I alluded to it earlier. We got Tunyon who's coming off an injury, and we don't know if he's starting right away. Sometimes ACL. It seems like a lot of times the skill position guys uh, play a little better off of that. I always think of quarterbacks usually take a while to get back into it, but you never know how a guy's going to react. So we don't know if he's going to start game one, and we don't know if he's going to look like his old self from the second he steps on the field. So that's one guy. You also have. Uh, I assume, you know, I, I can't even, I don't even think they've re-signed Lewis yet. I assume Lewis is going to be back or if he's retired or something. I think Lewis, I assume Lewis is coming back for the sake of this argument. Lewis is coming back, but he's older and his best tool besides blocking, like his best tool in the receiving game is just people don't think he's going to catch a ball. And then when he does, he's very, very big and just the first guy never brings him down. But he's not elusive. He's not fast. His, his main goal, his main thing comes in the blocking game, which he's very, very good at. But he's not a guy you build anything around. Then you got DeGuara, who I'm I'm very hopeful of a, uh, a breakout season from him. But we've still had some issues with him. You know, he's not necessarily a traditional tight end. You've seen enough enough drop passes. He had a big one in the divisional round game. But even beyond that, he's had drop passes where he's not necessarily the guy you think is like is absolutely going to be a slam dunk this next year. But I hope he takes a step forward. And after that, it's Tyler Davis who didn't play a whole lot and was kind of a, a Hail Mary throw him out there. We didn't have a whole lot of other guys and did, I think played fairly well, but he's far from a sure thing to be anything other than the bottom of the roster guy. And then Dominique Daphne, who is just fine. He's just kind of undersized, more blocker than receiver and does fine, but not amazing. So, I mean, I think the tight end group is one. If DeGuara hits, if Tunyon hits, if Mercedes Lewis comes back and just does what he's been doing the past couple of years, that's a solid room. But if Tunyon comes back and is not necessarily himself or isn't back until, you know, I don't know, week five or something, and if DeGuara doesn't hit like I kind of hope he's going to, there's a lot of questions in that tight end room, man. So I think there's a couple different ways you could go with this. Um, I think D-line was certainly a big one before the signing of Jaron Reed. And even now, I think that's one you could point to. Um, but I'm going to go I'm going to go tight end just because there's, it's it's question marks up and down the board. The only sure thing is Lewis being a very good blocker. <laughs> Well, I think you can count out of that room right now. Yeah, and for me, I'm going to go a bit of a different route here. Um, and that's just anyone that can be a specialist and that can be a <laughs> yeah. punt returner, kick returner. I know Kylan Hill was doing that before mm-hmm. he tore his ACL. But again, we don't know the timeline of his return, when he's going to be back. They desperately need somebody who is consistent there and can at least pick up positive yards. Um, so I, I would say that for sure. Um, our next question is from Jazz, and they want to know, favorite tight end and wide receiver picks in the draft for the Packers? So, Dusty, I know you had a few in mind, so let's hear what you have to say. It's not my favorite tight end draft. Um, you know, a couple of guys like uh, Jelani Woods out of Virginia and Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State, I think, are intriguing, um, but not guys like, you know, pre-round three, pre-round four, because that's that's kind of tools to dream on, guys you hope to develop. But there's, I, I don't think it's the greatest tight end class. I've not dug in a whole lot, but those are two guys I got my eye on for, again, like round three, round four, if they're around. Wide receivers, I'm all in on, man. Like, there's too many to name, but I'm I'm a huge Chris Olave fan. I very 
very, very, I want them to get Olave in the first round so much it's unhealthy at this point, uh, just because I think he's, of all the receivers in the draft, I think there's a lot of guys that could be better than him, but I think he's the guy in this draft that I point to as day one starter, day one impact maker. You don't get a whole lot of those. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson a couple of years ago and and uh, and Jamar Chase this past year, you don't get a whole lot of those guys. Olave, I think, can come in, plug and play day one. I don't think he's going to be dominant, but he's a, a solid contributor from day one. So I've got my eye on Olave. Uh, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State as well. Again, a guy that I don't know is going to come in day one to dominate, but like as a guy to be fine his first year and then grow into those tools, like he could be incredible. Uh, Christian Watson out of, uh, out of uh, what was it, North Dakota State. Uh, another guy, kind of toolsy, bigger, uh, could be a very, like from a blocking perspective, could be incredible. Uh, and and also down the field threat. So Watson's another one. And my last one is just Jamison Williams out of Alabama. And towards, towards ACL, who knows how he's going to be uh, the first year. May drop a little bit, but he, I think he's going to be incredible once he fully recovers. And that's a guy that maybe he drops because of that injury and the Packers have a chance at him late in the first round. So um, if I had my picks, it'd be... I'm taking two in the first round, man. You know, somehow, some way, find a way to get it, Goody. Um, probably have to trade up for at least one of them for Olave, I would guess. But I'm going to go Olave and Jameson Williams. If they do that in the first round, you will hear just my screams of excitement throughout the entire uh, entire states here. So that's where I'm going. All righty. Our next question is from Matt Pickett. It's a two-part question per usual from, hey, we like your pods crew. We always, we always know we get a, a twofer on that one. Uh, so, first part, you're Goody, and you get to select two of the remaining free agents, one for offense and one for defense. Magically, price is an issue. Who do you sign? And then bonus, what's your favorite two-flavor combo? So, I'll go uh, first on this one, J- Dusty, since you just went. Um, for offense, I'm intrigued by Jarvis Landry and how he still hasn't been signed yet. Uh, I know there's a lot of chatter about Julio Jones as well, but just from an age perspective, Jarvis Landry is a bit younger I know Julio Jones tends to get hurt a bit more. So that that's intriguing for me. Um, and then I know, Dusty, we both kind of agreed when we were talking about it before that on defense, Tyron Matthew would be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stole your thunder there, but who do you have on <laughs> offense? Uh a receiver. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Will Fuller. Fuller was a guy that was, you know, kind of uh, the Packers were looking to get him uh, a couple years ago, I guess. And then uh, it fell through and then he got popped for suspension and then he kind of got injured last year. But he's like, so it's kind of a risk there, but he's the exact skill set they need. I mean, he's fast, but can also is a you know pretty good route runner and can contribute other places to the game as well. And so Will Fuller on offense and yeah, defense. Um, I tried to outsmart myself a little and pick someone different, like Akeem Hicks is a guy I would like, but it's the answer is Tyron Matthew. Um, and yeah, for two flavor combo, right. uh, Jack and Coke, <laughs> not really though. Not really. Um, dark chocolate and sea salt. Big fan of dark chocolate and sea salt. Like you get some of those. Trader Joe's has I think dark dark chocolate sea salt almonds. Uh, oh my gosh! Like just I can't stop eating them. They're just they make me sick uh, in a very good way. <laughs> I forgot to answer that part. Uh, for me, it would be buffalo and ranch. Um, that I just love anything with both of those flavors. So, uh, next question, another two part question from Eric Peterson. Um, they want to know if Green Bay has "quote unquote" their guy in this year's draft. How far do you think Goody will be willing to move up for him, and what position do you think they would move up for? And then, food question: Is there a food you absolutely refuse to? to try or eat again. So Dusty, I'll give you this one first. 
Yeah, I'm nothing if not predictable. Um, I think uh, I think they'd move up into mid-teens. You know, they got the ammo. They got the two first-round picks. They got the extra second. I think they have an extra fourth as well for a comp pick. Uh, so they got the ammo to move up. I think they would move up into the mid-teens and for a receiver. I'm, I'm going to go. I don't know. I, the mocks are all over the place. You never know who's going to drop. But uh, I think I think Olave, you, you likely have to trade up to get it. I don't think he's going to be there 22. So I think they move up to the mid teens for Olave would be my, be my thought. And again, I'm very predictable because of course they're trading up for wide receiver that I love. Um, it's our food that I absolutely refuse to try or eat again. Uh, one time I got tricked kind of into having fried liver and I don't know if it was just because I was expecting fried chicken and it, it my system didn't like it. Um, and it was, was mad because of something I ate that didn't taste like what I expected, but it, I, I disliked it strongly. I've got lots of foods uh, that, that I could say that about, but uh, I had a, a, a I, I almost, you know, fought someone over fried liver. So that that's going to have to be my answer. <laughs> what do you got, Sarah? Uh, for me, I, I also think that they're going to move up for a wide receiver. I'm not sure who, and it doesn't really matter for me. So my bold prediction is the Packers will move up to number 14 in the draft and select a wide receiver. Do I have any merit on those claims? No, that's just me putting a hot take out into the universe and hoping it comes true. Um, and then is there a food I absolutely refuse to eat or try again? Yes. Um, and it would be trying again. Um, and it's the boar's head pickle and pepper loaf, which is a, you you know, get it at a deli. My grandma, um, rest in peace to literally one of the most amazing human beings I've ever had the privilege of knowing. But she loved this stuff. And it was the most disgusting Thing I've ever tried. I could barely even watch her eat this just because it looks so gross. It's it's like bologna, but then there's pickles and red peppers in it. It just is not good. It's an ugly scene, um, but it was a huge joke between the two of us when uh, before she passed. So it would have to be that because I do, and I go to the deli and I order deli meat for the week. I, I see it there, and I just I just shake my head and. <laughs> And wish I never knew, but also am glad I knew because it's a it's a funny good memory with her. All right. Um, well, Dusty, speaking of your favorite, Andy B submitted a question and says, Chris Olave is this year's Justin Jefferson. Should we just accept now that he won't be the pick? <laughs> never. Never, man. Listen, hope springs eternal. I, I know it's very unlikely. You know, anytime I get super hyped, anytime any of us get super hyped about a guy, he's likely not going to, uh, they likely don't take him. But no, I'm not giving this up until the pick comes in and it's not him. And then even then I'm like, well, maybe there's a late trade. So no, Andy B, I'm not, not accepting that, that he will not be the pick. I'm going to keep dreaming until they prove to me that he's not the pick. All right. And our last question is from the Glenn. And they want to know what draft scenario would be a great pick for the Packers, <laughs> yet would make hashtag Packers Twitter apocalypse. So I'll go with this one. Um, offensive line. There's always a need, and it seems like the Packers do this every year. Um, and it's great because they end up drafting guys that usually do really well. I mean, we saw last year with quite a few um, additions to the line that were able to make a big difference, but they'll do this and people, it'll be good for the team and people will hate it. They'll say, oh, how predictable. I never would have saw this one coming. The Packers drafted a lineman from, you know, from the Big Ten or something. So um, I'm going to go with that and we'll, uh, we'll see if that comes true. 
yeah, no, that that seems absolutely my 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 specific one was like a somewhat developmental right tackle, uh, just because it'd be like, oh, it's Jason Springs all over again. Uh, so yeah, I, I think anyone along the offensive line absolutely gets that that reaction. Yep. Well, guys, as always, thanks for sending in your questions. Uh, Sarah, do you have any final thoughts? Not really, no. Um, you know, not too much going on right now in the Packers world. I think we're through the craziest part of the offseason, at least I hope. You know, we'll that Aaron Rodgers contract got signed. We obviously know what's happening with Devontae Adams now. So it's just a matter of who else they're going to bring into the mix. So I'm just excited uh, to be here um, along the ride. I've also been enjoying the hell out of March Madness. So shout out to any of my other uh, pals out there that have been playing and crying at their brackets and just watching them (laughs) fall apart. But it's so beautiful. I I love March. It's always the best time. Um, And yeah, no complaints here. What about you? Yeah, I sat through some real bad games and I was like, why do I do this? I, I don't I don't pay attention to a lot of Kentucky or, or basketball outside of Kentucky um, throughout oh, the year. God. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I know. And I'm not talking about that. Uh, but then you get a game like that TCU Arizona game. You're like, OK, yeah, this is this is why I love this time of year. Like you get I mean, that's an extreme example because that game was off the wall. Insane. You had a, a buzzer beater dunk that wasn't uh just all of these kinds of things so it was that was an incredible game there's a lot of really really good games um but yeah i'm with you uh again i i'm i'm trying to gear up to start writing it's always the worst time of year for me because i'm like well i'm gonna i'm I'm finally ready i'm getting everything ready getting everything prepped i'm still doing a little charting but i'm gonna unleash everything and then no one cares because all anyone cares about is the trap for a while so i'm all ready to start writing again uh probably the next couple weeks i'll have something out but no one's gonna care because everyone's in draft mode so i'm not i'm not i'm not smart uh and i never claim to be uh so that should be fun i'm excited to start getting that up again and like like we kind of mentioned already we've got a couple weeks left uh we're looking forward to the next couple weeks and getting into whatever you know potential just mailbag because like you said sarah i don't want to say nothing crazy is going to happen because uh so far we've had a whole bunch of crazy stuff happen um but it certainly looks like we're through the thick of it uh so we've got two weeks left and then draft stuff um so we're looking for the next two weeks and then kind of hanging out for a little bit and trying to get smarter about the draft i guess so um thank you as always for listening uh you can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can follow us as well. You can follow at Steve Perhatch, at Sarah Kelleher 4, at Dusty Evely. And make sure you rate and review the podcast. Uh, thank you as always for your questions. We look forward to hearing from you again next week. And as always, go Pack Go!